Welcome to the Hyper Voice, episode 126. This is a show all about Pokemon's video game championship series. I'm your host, Steven Morioka, and I am here with Alex Underhill. Hi. And Alyssa Smith. Hello. Shoutouts to Alyssa for uh, really coming on the show here with such few hours notice. So I really appreciate you being here, Alyssa. Thanks. Yeah, for sure. This is uh, always fun to be on the show. And uh, speaking of which, we are probably here with uh, Dialga's number one fan, you know, Dialga's super fan here in Alyssa. So, um, you know, all of us together have had more time to just uh, kind of sit on the news of Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl, and uh, Legends Arceus. And uh, Alyssa, I want to kind of just want to start with you. What are just what uh, other thoughts, uh, feelings, reactions do you have to those announcements from the Pokemon Presents last week? So I'm super hyped for, like, both of the announcements. Um, when I was watching the direct, like, first thing in the morning, and so the introduction for, like, how they presented the Diamond of Pearl remakes was, like, phenomenal, because it's, like, you hear the loading noise, and I was like, it's it's coming. So that was really cool. Um, so it was just really exciting. I'm excited to see, like, how we, like, have it on the Switch, because, like, they're, I don't, does, sorry. Um, it's, they said that they were trying to do, like, this, like, one-to-one like um revisit to Sinnoh. So I don't know if they're gonna do something like similar to Auras or like just gonna try and do like exactly like, oh this is gonna be like a one for one like of Diamond and Pearl. Or kind of have like a mixture, right? So that'd be kind of cool to just see like I get to play with Dialga and all of Sinnoh on my like T V screen and on my Switch and like H D. And like that's super exciting. Because I'm definitely getting Diamond. <laughs> okay wait now you mentioned that and i actually hadn't even thought about it maybe it was shown in the trailer i'm gonna even look it up now how are they doing the uh split screen aspect of it oh yeah all right i don't know if they're gonna be doing a split screen then i know that i saw the like uh the like watch i guess it's called the poketch right um i know i saw the poketch during the uh trailer um but yeah, I'm I'm scrolling through the trailer right now, scrubbing through, and I mean, there's no bottom screen shown at all. It's got to um, you imagine it's got to be like a pop out in on just the main screen, both for um all the apps on you get in that game, as well as like your move selection when you're in battle. Like that's got to be kind of like how it is in Sword and Shield. It has to be. Yeah, this is gonna have to be like completely redesigned. I think it'd be cool to have like a little pop up. But yeah. The, the, that's that's definitely not going to be one for one. Like a, a lot of the a lot of the talk is about this being a faithful remake, and so um, yeah, this is definitely not going to be exactly the same. And I, I think that's a decently important aspect of it. Like the Poketch was, uh, as far as I, my understanding and playing of uh, Diamond and Pearl, it wasn't like crucial, but it had some fun features to mess with. But yeah, like move selection during battle. Um, I, I believe that that's where you did the mining mini game, but that's pretty easy to just like shift over. Um, but yeah, it's going to be very different in that respect. Oh yeah, the underground. That's really exciting. I played that so much. It's going to be fun to have that on the Switch again for both, uh, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. So, um, I don't really have much more to say about those games. Like, I'm just kind of anxious to hear more and see more. Um, obviously that's going to take some time, but I'm ex- I am excited for these games and I'm just anxious to hear more. Yeah, for sure. I'm hoping that we get more stuff in like the next month about it and- you know, just see more of it. I really want to see the Dialga. Like, I think we only really got, like, you know, some of the, um, like, some of the scenes and stuff. And I'm like, where's my Dialga? So I think the <laughs> Distortion World and all that fun stuff, like, 
all all of the like um just like all the fancy graphics would be really cool just like on the switch so and the way they're doing like the shibi stuff almost i think that's really interesting I, uh, that is a good point. You mentioned the Giratina and, like, the distortion world. Uh, I, I wonder if that plot's going to be in here or not. Um, like, are we going to get the Platinum decks or not? And are they going to include that, like, extra story bits that were featured in Platinum? Because it would be kind of a bummer if, like, you didn't get to visit the distortion world. But I don't know if that makes sense in a game that is focused around Dialga or Palkia. Like, they, I mean, these are remakes, like, for certain. So, like, even though... They said that they're trying to keep it faithful. Some things are definitely going to be very different than the original games, and uh, those are the things that interest me most. Yeah, for sure. Especially since, like, Platinum was such a really amazing game. Um, like, hopefully they'll, you know, there's no, like, specific Platinum remake, at least not yet, so that'd be kind of cool. You just kind of almost combine some of the aspects and kind of make it even a larger game than was originally. Yeah, so we'll just have to wait uh, for more time to find out more about all these games and, um, you know, we didn't talk about Legends Arceus, and that's mainly because uh, we're probably not going to use that for competitive. So that's fine. Um, still, I think we're all just excited for that. See how that plays out in the old, old, old Sinnoh. But um, let's move on to our next topic here. And it is now March. It's uh, March 2021. And lo and behold, it has been a full year since North America's last in-person regional event from Collinsville, Illinois, um, back last year. So I know all three of us were there because I remember seeing the two of you there. And, uh, gosh, it just brings back memories of, you know, actually being together with people, uh, before the train wreck that happened. And, uh, it's just insanely unbelievable where we're at right now. Live events for, uh, Sword and Shield were very fun. And, uh, I, I definitely miss that. They, I think that. It's really sad that we didn't get to experience more of that uh, for, you know, the, the peak of its life cycle. Um, like, I don't know if we would see the same number. If things were normal, you know, and, like, uh, we had just gone on uh, with a normal VGC cycle for about a year, we wouldn't be seeing those same numbers around this time. Uh, I don't know if we suddenly got to go back to events, if we would be seeing those same numbers. There was a lot of, uh, a lot of hype to, uh, you know, get to play VGC on the Switch for the first time. Uh, it's also been about like four years since the Switch has come out. Um, it's It's been, um, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, for sure. I think like, you know, COVID, like the community was like really going strong. There were so many new players. It was really exciting to see the numbers just increase so much, especially after 2019. Um, but like, you know, now that it got cut off, it is interesting to be like, oh, wait, which, you know, would we have still had the same numbers? But I mean, it is the 25th anniversary, which is really cool. So that might have. Um, inspired some people to be like, hey, Pokemon's kind of cool. Let's try and see this uh, competition style or like finally step into it for the first time. So mm-hmm. who knows? Especially like over the years, like who maybe the world champion would have been and if they would have inspired a lot of people to play and just, you know, everything like that. It's it's a shame that, you know, we were able, we really missed an entire year of competitive Pokemon and honestly even longer at this point. That is true. And we're going to have to wait even longer to get back to live events for some parts of the world. Some are, are getting smaller ones back. We're going to talk about that uh, later on in the show. But um, yeah, it's been a full year since that last North American regional, and that is uh, something to think about there. So um, true, the Switch is four years old. Uh, <laughs> Alex, you brought up something funny about we do not have uh, alternate themes other than white or black on the Switch yet, and I just, that was hilarious to me. 
Yeah, four years since they've uh, come out, and like the the 3DS had a really good, um, I don't know, like store for it. Like they, they had a lot of options. Uh, they even had, I think, more default themes than we had for the Switch. Like you know, at the very least, you could probably change it based on like your favorite basic color. You know, red, blue, green, yellow, and so on. Pink. Uh, we've got basic black and basic white uh, available. Um, so. Like, also the 3DS had a bunch of, um, you know, specialized themes. I remember having a couple of them. Like, I would get, like, codes for them with games. I remember getting, like, one with Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, uh, I think. Uh, the the 3DS one, I can't remember the name of it. Um, yeah. Super Mystery Dungeon, Super, I think. Super, yeah. Right? That's one. I had that one. <laughs> I had that theme, and then, like, maybe I got, like, another theme or two that were just fun Pokemon ones. And, like, one of the main things that, like, really was fun about those was that it would uh, play, like, some music at the uh, title screen uh, when you're at the main menu. And um, I even have that, like, on my PlayStation, you know? Like, I, it'll play music from the game Horizon Zero Dawn, uh, and I'm a big fan of that game. But... Uh, it's very surprising that four years later, this, like, I don't know, pretty, I don't want to say simple feature because, like, I'm not a, I'm not that knowledgeable about coding, but I feel like it's a simple feature uh, that has not come to the Switch yet. I, I feel like it's just, it's so strange that it's not here. Yeah, exactly. Like, and there's so many um, games this year on Nintendo's end that's just having, like, this, like, you know, 25th, 30, 35th, and 40th anniversary and like, that'd be just so cool to get, like, those those kind of themes for these anniversaries to just, you know, spice up the Switch's uh, background. Like, I'd love to have, like, a Dialga background for, like, the new games coming out. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Nintendo, can you please just give us themes? We've been waiting for quite a long time for the Switch, so uh, I just, for some reason, I just don't think it's ever going to happen anymore at this point, so. I mean, we gotta wait for Switch 2. <laughs> right, the Super Nintendo, yeah, Nintendo Switch I've been hearing Pro. would be the new title. Yeah, like the Switch Pro, I've heard Super Nintendo Switch, I've heard, you know, other stuff, the Switch 2, uh, all kinds of stuff. So we'll see if that ever comes out. Right now, Nintendo's doing fine, so they don't need to uh, mess with any of that. But, you know, that is our uh, talk about the, I guess, the Switch, our North America's last regional and let's uh, get into some more of the competitive Pokemon aspects here for this episode. And we actually have two uh, large tournaments to cover from this past weekend, February 27th and 28th. Uh, the first one we're going to talk about is the Reddit Circuit finale from uh, this season's worth. Um, so this was the one from the subreddit r slash uh, VGC. And uh, we are looking at these teams on the subreddit r slash VGC. And you can find this post from uh, Aaron Trailer. So otherwise Aaron Trailer on that site. And we have the top 16 teams here. I know this tournament was uh, closed information during Swiss. They had 120 players. And then once they reached the top cut, they all had a uh, open information from that point on. So we have the top 16 teams here. I don't know if it was a hard top 16 cut or if they had all X and 2s cut. Anyone else have more info? Honestly, there's a lot of uh, weird stipulations that i mean maybe if Alyssa knows but like the, I, I think the tournament had like some people get buys straight to top cut for doing well in the other you know those oh, uh, right. qualifiers that we had mentioned and i do believe it was probably an x and two cuts uh we only have the top 16 players listed here and um something else that is confusing me is just like with this uh graphic steven like they they are listed as like all the players in top eight are listed as fifth and all the players in top 16 are listed as uh, ninth, you know, the, they're all, you know, effectively tied, which we all know 
uh, and assume when we look at standings. However, uh, they did differentiate uh, third and fourth, which I usually means that there was like a playoff game or something. And I don't think, I, I, as far as my talking to Adi um, has led me to believe, I don't think that Adi played Edu for like to determine who got third and fourth. Um, anyway, uh, I, th- th- this is just. Um, I'm getting hung up on silly details. <laughs> let's uh, let's talk a bit more about the uh, the results of this tournament. Um, so uh, yeah, this took place over the last weekend, 120 people, and uh, it was won by uh, I'm gonna say Samel Ch- uh, Chamel Chameli. Not the best pronunciation <laughs> there. Uh, so apologies again. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Samel uh, and just hope that that's right, even though I know it's not. And uh, they won with a team of uh, Groudon, Charizard, uh, G-Max, Venusaur, G-Max, uh, Porygon 2, Grimmsnarl, and Glacier. And so, uh, and that was uh, in the finals over uh, who is listed here as David uh, Duggerman uh, with a team of Groudon, Charizard, G-Max, Lilligant, Porygon 2, Registeel, and Lapras, G-Max. So... Um, some very cool sun teams here in the finals. They actually share three Pokemon in Groudon, Charizard, and Porygon 2. Uh, however, um, th- these are some teams that I have not quite seen uh, going around. You know, not these specific builds exactly. And it's uh, very interesting to see such a strong performance from Sun finally. Yeah, you have, uh, you know, three of the top four are all Groudon next to Venusaur or the Ligand. And it's just like, wow, Groudon really uh, shown this time around. I've seen so much mm-hmm. Kyogre and Zacian, but Groudon's like my turn. Um, you know, Charizard's just so, so strong, and so is Venusaur, really. So it's really, you know, makes sense as to why it just does so much damage. And, like, you know, Charizard's good against Zacian, um, Venusaur's really good against Kyogre. So, um, you know, just almost a cycle, it seems. It's like Groudon's, you know, just did really well this time around. I mean, like you mentioned, uh, the you know Zacian teams and the Kyogre teams being so common, uh, I think that that's something that Groudon teams really uh, you know make sure that they have a good matchup against. You know, Groudon also is just naturally good against Zacian with a very uh, solid physical bulk and uh, the ability to hit it super effectively. And then uh, you know a lot of these teams will tech on the uh, the grass types in Venusaur and Lilligan to cover that Kyogre. So yeah, they they really just make sure that they're covering the top teams and. Uh, otherwise, throughout cut, you see um, some. I don't know. There's a, there's a decent mix here. You know, there are um, a couple of Zations, a couple of Kyogres, but also some Eveltals, Duskmane, um, and a Palkia, and uh, two Ice Riders. So um, I gotta say, like, we're seeing still some good variety in restricted Pokemon, and uh, I'm very much enjoying it. Yeah, it also seems to be like the I guess restricted Pokemon and those their teams they're on. Those seem to fluctuate every, you know, every weekend we have tournaments and it just changes based on who's been playing well, who had um, that right call for the weekend. And, um, you know, it's nice to see like they're still they're still the top, you know, tier of the restricted mods, but um, there's not one that's completely dominating all the time. And that's nice to see, I think. So, uh, like I mentioned, really good variety here. And um uh, I like that. I like seeing that. You know, there's a good variety in all the other partner Pokemon too. Um, you see, there's a lot of weird picks in here. You got that Lilligant that wasn't a finalist. You know, that's not something you usually see. Usually, that's just a Venusaur, and uh, there that gives uh, that team another option. I know that has an after you option there, um, which is something unique to Lilligant and not on Venusaur. Um, the Registeel is also really cool. Like we're still seeing this Pokemon um, play in this metagame, 
and um, I'm, you know, look learning to be more and more afraid of it because of uh, how it can just kind of like seal up games for for an opponent. Um, so there's that kind of stuff, and there's all kinds of other like weird Pokemon here. We see a, in, up, in the top eight as well. We have Mimikyu, uh, Nihilego, Sableye, a Butterfree is even up here in Mimikyu. Another one, um, even Volcarona. So a lot of cool teams out here. Um, I I just want to mention the teams from the other semifinalists here. Uh, so our, actually our semifinalists here, but uh, Eduardo Cunha and uh, Adi Subramanian. Um, so Iru is still using a Sun team. And uh, this time, I think it's the same Sun team he's been running for the past few weeks. And that's Groudon, Incineroar, Venusaur, Thunderous, Celestila, and Tabufini. While um, Adi's team was a team that he's been running uh, recently. I know he used this in the last Victory Road tournament. But this one is Zacian, Incineroar, Amoongus, Rotom Heat, Dragapult, and Lapras. So, um, Alex, I'm sure you've seen and heard more about Adi's team here. But, um, you know, what do you two think about our semifinalist teams? No, there's nothing new about them, really. Yeah, so um, I guess we can just go past Edu's team really quick. Uh, he's been using those six for a while. I know that he had Porygon 2 in over some slots at certain points, like over Finny or Thunderous, but I think this is the build he's been running with lately. Um, hopefully he's moved on past Wide Lens. I've got so many bad things to say about that item. I think it's just a coward's item. Um, and uh, otherwise, I don't have anything else uh, to mention about Edu's team. He's really getting good practice in with, obviously, one of the uh, best restricteds in the format. Uh, you know, Groudon took, you know, three of the top four spots here. And uh, I, at this point, I would not be surprised to say uh, or surprised if people were telling me that it was a uh, top three restricted, you know, with Groudon and Kyo or, uh, Zacian Kyogre. Uh, the big three up there, I think. They they seem to be doing very well for themselves. Adi's team is a, you know, a, it's like a lapdog build, but also um, really experimenting with something that Adi is a big fan of, and that is Dragapult. Adi was very comfortable with Dragapult in the earlier uh, series, uh, especially like Series 4, Series uh, 5, uh, maybe. I don't actually know. Series 5 was uh, when uh, we had convinced him to use comfy stuff. Never mind. Um <laughs> But no, series uh series four, uh Adi was doing very well with Dragapult, and um yeah, the, I think that this team really uh made use of uh Dragapult and Zacian's ability to uh combo well into each other. You know, either uh Zacian is you know just one shotting other Dynamax Pokemon, or Dragapult is uh, stacking Max Phantasm defense drops for Zacian to clean up with. It's uh it's really cool. Now, uh, there's a bunch of other, um, yeah, like, cool Pokemon, like Steven had mentioned in the uh, cut. There's uh, some Mimikyus, which are both paired with uh, Ice Rider. Um, and I think the idea here is that Mimikyu can be a pretty solid Trick Room setter just because uh, it can take one guaranteed hit, and uh, normally you find some type of way to support that, whether it be uh, some Fake Outs, some Redirection, uh, and then your Mimikyu is uh, looking good to set up the Trick Room, and then it can side Shadow Sneak onto a Weakness Policy Calyrex Ice, and this allows it to uh, go for some boosted Glacial Lances or boosted Max Moves and uh, kind of sweep from there. Uh, the, that, that seems to be the strategy that both of these teams are revolving around, at least as far as I can tell. And um, yeah, I, I, I guess one last thing I want to mention here, uh, and this is going to spoil a bit of what we see in the next tournament, but uh, Steven, Alyssa, um, Incineroar once again did not win any tournaments this weekend. And this time there were two big ones. <laughs> yeah. 
That's it's really interesting. Like, I found Incineroar to be such a just really a versatile Pokemon, especially in this series, but it just not like winning. Like, you say it's consistently on teams, but it's just not the champion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, like, it, it's still in several spots of cut here. It didn't make finals in the Reddit uh, tournament, uh, but it's in both top four teams. It's uh, got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Well, I assume any, you know, just so many in the, huh. in the top 16. Uh, I, it'd actually be quicker for me to count the teams that don't have it. Uh, I think that is, like, five uh, teams, yeah, if I'm counting correctly. Yeah, I think it's 12 Vincent in here uh, or something. I don't know. Yeah, so, like, like there's just... Um, yeah, there's so much of it in the cut, and I don't think uh, that this is a trend that I, I would uh, want our listeners to buy too hard into. I, I know that I've been mentioning this every episode, uh, Stephen, you know, as it continues, that the Incineroars are not winning. Um, I don't think that this should steer you away from using it. However, uh, I do think that this is just kind of like... Uh, like we had mentioned in the past, even I think in like uh, Ultra series, it's just that Incineroar isn't like a Pokemon you automatically add to you t- add to your team. It is something you add when you have the right reasons to do so. And on certain teams, you maybe don't have the right reasons. Like as we saw with the champion and the finalist team, they found that all of their roles were met with other Pokemon. And so uh, you just have to carefully consider whether it's the right Pokemon for your team. Um, and it's just I don't know. It's really funny that with how much Incineroar there is in the field. It just fails to take the win every time. Yeah, it's such a bizarre factor playing in here. Like, you know, uh, Incineroar is such a good Pokemon. It does so many things, so many things well. So its prevalence, you know, leads to a high usage rate. And just just the fact that its prevalence is very high means that you have to be prepared for it. And obviously, teams that uh, don't have it and have it are going to be prepared for it, you know, regardless of uh, whether using it or not. So, um, it just happens to be, you know, what the result is of the tournament. So, um, I think it's a good point, you know, not to, uh, dissuade people from using it because it is a very, very good Pokemon. Um, I appreciate a lot of what it does. So, um, lets you play that, you know, slower paced, defensive play style and, uh, gives you the opportunity to make more plays in games. So, um, before, uh, before we move on from the, uh, Reddit tournament, I do just want to shout out those two, uh, full Calyrex Ice scenes, which were, from uh, Snoot in the top eight, uh, Calyrex Ice, Torkoal, Venusaur, Mimikyu, Butterfree, and Landorus Therian. And the other one in top eight here is Asuya, the 17th, uh, Calyrex Ice, Incineroar, Rillaboom, Mimikyu, Volcarona, and Tapu Fini. Now, the other two top eight teams, uh, we have another Groudon team, which is uh, kind of similar to the others we've seen so far. This one with uh, Groudon, Incineroar, Venusaur, Porygon 2, Regieleki, and Tapu Fini. And then um, the other... Our last uh, top eight player here is the Golden Cosmos with Palkia, Zapdos, Ferrothorn, Nihilego, Sableye, and Landorus Therian. So, a lot of cool different teams out there. And uh, again, I'm still happy to see uh, Palkia, you know, getting some top finishes here. Um, I still think that Pokemon is underexplored. Like, it has its issues and relies a lot more on the other uh, Pokemon than some of the other restricteds do. But um, I like seeing, you know, we still see Ferrothorn pair with Palkia because it helps... uh, patch up some of those weaknesses uh, very well. So, uh, congrats to all these players. Do you two have any last uh, thoughts on the uh, teams here? I don't have any other uh, things to mention besides, I think that maybe we missed mentioning the name of the other top 8 Groudon player, which was uh, Darky Plays 1, I think. Um, and that is the the Groudon team that got top 8. Um, and otherwise, yeah, I, I think that it's just, there's so many different Pokemon doing well um 
in this uh, in this format, Stephen. Like, there's just a, like a lot of room for some wacky Pokemon to shine. Mimikyu is popping up now. Sableye, we're seeing some usage from. Uh, Neolego has kind of fallen off, but is maybe coming back. And so, and we even saw Lilligant make a make it to the finals. The, this is just it's been so awesome. I I'm very much a big fan of Series Eight. Yeah, uh, to build off of that, in terms of like the weird Pokemon, I think the fact that there's only one restricted allows teams to be creative and allows teams to find Pokemon that fit more specific roles rather than just specifically supporting maybe like two restricted Pokemon like that we saw in 2019 and 2016 in how it's like, okay, well, I want to run Groudon, but you can run Groudon, you know, so many different ways as we've seen here. You can run it with Venusaur, with Charizard, or with Lilligant. Um, And there's just, you know, so many different possibilities to have these very strong teams, but with very distinct different um, cores. And so we saw uh, seven restricteds across the uh, top 16 here. Like, uh, Groudon was definitely seeing some heavy usage at five uh, in the top 16 here. And then I think I did a count earlier, and maybe I was wrong, but I, I think I saw eight uh, different restricteds across the uh, the next tournament that we're going to be going into, which has a top 28, uh, likely because it's a uh, X and 2 cut. Um, let's go ahead and uh, start talking about the um, VR tournament uh, number three. Um so, uh, the winner of this was uh, Yosuke uh, Takayanagi. I'm going to hope I pronounced that right. Sounds good. With a team of uh, Kyogre, Torkoal, Porygon 2, Tornadus, Venusaur, and Urshifu. Uh, Steven, I think we did give this team, maybe specifically, or this type of build, a spotlight last week. Yeah. Um, looks very familiar. <laughs> it, it's on the rise, and for good reason. And I, it's so strange, so hard, like... Maybe not that hard to understand, but it, it, to me, it's still surprising that Double Weather is a strong uh, archetype in the current format, and it was strong enough to win this uh, this tournament. It had 126 players, uh, seven rounds of Swiss, and yeah, just it, it's so uh, amazing to me that Kyogre and Torkoal could be friends. They could be partners. Yeah, when I first saw um, the team, I was like, wait, what? Because... Um, like, you know, like you said, like, Torkoal and Kyogre are on the same team. Like, they're supposed to be enemies, but they're not. They're friends here. Um, and this team just has so many different kind of leads and, like, different ways to go about um, the game where you have Tornogre, like, Tornadus, Kyogre, and you also have Venusaur and and, um, and Torkoal that you could lead to. Or, and then you also just have, like, Porygon 2 and Urshifu to potentially patch up those matchups in between. So I thought it was really, really cool to see that, like, that kind of team just was able to come on top. They, um, yeah, it, it's really cool that uh, the two of these can work together, especially because I uh, remember the first time I had seen this team was uh, doing well in one of these uh, Reddit tournaments, the the best of one qualifiers. And so I had assumed it might have been just some kind of weird uh, gimmick team that was catching people off guard. But it is uh, it is here winning a full best of three tournament. So obviously a very strong team, um, and I'm almost certain that the uh, the paste or rental code or something is out there. So uh, if you're interested, go find it and try it. Um, now let's go ahead and talk about the runner-up in Mike D'Angelo, who I believe did well in um, the a tournament the weekend before this, maybe another uh, VR tournament. And uh, Mike had a team of Zacian, Incineroar, Urshifu Water, um, Dragapult, uh, then there is the Amoongus and a Colossal. So this is a uh, Colossal team, uh, Colossal, Zacian, 
And um, the I guess I think we talked about this last time. It has that scarf dragapult, uh, which is a little bit a um, little bit more limited than the uh, the other dragapult uh, drag coal teams that we saw of uh, formats prior. But uh, it gets the job done when uh, the <laughs> the speed uh, ceiling has risen so high with uh, Zacian and uh, Shadow Rider and uh, Reggie Lucky being more popular now than I think before. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is already a team I think we talked about last time, Steven, but it, it is uh, still doing well. Coal is uh, definitely something you still need to respect in your building. Yeah, the coals are still burning hot for Colossal teams, and it's really coming back in a big way. Um, I think we did definitely talk about this one last time. I want to say that Among Us might have been a Rillaboom last week. Uh, I think that might have been a change, because I don't remember an Among Us on a Colossal team before. Um, so mm-hmm. that is a notable change there. Um, that you're not having that grass-type coverage when maybe you don't need it if you have Zacian all the time. But it's just uh, really helpful to have Among Us for a trick room, for support. And, um, you know, I think a big thing to point out with these uh, Colossal Colossal teams specifically with the Scarf Dragapult is that they're not a surprise. Like, you know this, uh, it's open information. All these Victory Road tournaments have been. So you know that Dragapult has a Choice Scarf, so you're not getting caught off guard when you see that. Like, um, you, they have a game plan, and if... uh, if you can't uh, cover that, then you're going to be in uh, trouble from the Volkalith and Colossal. But um, just that continuous residual damage, plus now you get to slot in Zacian to do so much extra damage without having to worry about, you know, necessarily protecting Colossal or helping the rest of the team do other stuff. Like, I'm just here as offense, so let's roll. And um, loving the Colossal builds with Zacian here. Now, uh, looking at the top four, we saw Zuki, uh, Yuki Zaninovich. Um, with a team of Zacian, Ensign, Lapras, uh, Regieleki, Amoongus, and Dragapult. This is just a uh, pretty typical lapdog build, uh, which, you know, you can use to uh, kind of just, like, look at what are, like, the different techs that were chosen for this team specifically. Like, this Lapras is Life Orb with Helping Hand over the usual Parish Song, um, and the Dragapult is a bit more support-oriented. It has uh, Goggles and Wisp. Um, otherwise, you know, this is, uh, again, this is one of those archetypes that, uh, just feels like you get to just, uh, paint it how you want. You know, you get to fill it in with your favorite choices or whatever you think is best. Yeah, so pretty, uh, standard, you know, looking team and composition in Pokemon here with, uh, more just Lapdog. And, um, for our other semi-finalists here, we have, uh, Damiano La Barbera. From uh, with Necrozma, Duskmane, Incineroar, Porygon 2, Thunderous, Amoongus, and Hydreigon. Um, this team also looks really familiar, and I think we talked about this last week as well. Uh, maybe with a different player, maybe the same, I can't remember that part. But, um, you know, Hydreigon, still uh, slotting into, uh, you know, a bunch more teams. We saw another one in the um, Reddit Circuit Finale Tournament, and there's also, like, I want to say, like, three or four more in this top cut. Like, Hydreigon is making a splash now. Yeah, I've been seeing Hydreigon um, just kind of pop up in, like, testing, and then, like, kind of, um, like, I have some friends who's testing it, and then also, like, here with you, a couple of teams with Hydreigon on it. Like, I haven't really seen Hydreigon since either Series 2, and then back in, like, 2015, almost. Like, that Pokemon is a very strong Pokemon, but, you know, it hasn't always been, like, top-notch, but it's really cool to see it here, because... It's a Pokemon that does really, really well against, like, um, like Shadow Rider, because, you know, it's Dark Dragon type that isn't really going to take it too much from Miss Ghost to 
Astro Barrage. And then it's a very, very powerful and also very fast Pokemon. It's faster than Urshifu Dark. Um, I believe it's base 100 speed, I believe. Mm, it's um, 98, and, I think. Oh, 98. Oh, yeah, 98. It's, it's one more above than both Sogalio and then Urshifu, because those two speed tie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then it also has Levitate, so it's just really great Groudon counter as well. It's a great Sun counter. Yes, that's, uh, that does seem to be the, like, the main thing people are using it for. Like, this one has goggles. Um, I'm checking on, like, another one right now. And it, they seem to be all actually, like, this same or very similar set uh, where they're goggles, nasty plot, and three attacks, uh, usually. Uh, okay, I, I found one that is uh, life orb and protect. So they, they tried a different option there. Um, but... Uh, it, it seems to be that it's a very good Pokemon into Sun, into Groudon teams, uh, which, speaking of, Groudon's shining very uh, well in the other tournament, and I guess that's where the Groudon players went to play, because uh, we don't see um, any Groudon until we get down to the very last player in uh, Top 8 from uh, Juan M. Santizo, uh, otherwise known as Juanma, uh, and uh, yeah, that's a team of Groudon, Incineroar, Clefairy, Thunderous, Charizard, and Urshifu, I would assume Dark? I would assume, yeah, it is Dark. And, um, yeah, so there's, um, there's not as much Sun here, and maybe that uh, is a bit of a contributing factor, is that, uh, Hydreigon and other, uh, Sun counters were more prevalent in this tournament. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting, like, these tournaments happen the same weekend, right? Like, but, like, there's just so distinct, mm-hmm. like, here's the Groudon, and then here's not the Groudon. Um, I think there's a total of three Groudon in that went X and 2 or better at this tournament. Um, and then there's just so much Zacian. Like, you you have... I, I can't even count. There's just so many sword doggos right here. Um, <laughs> just <laughs> just almost overbearing in this um, in this tournament, um, which is just really interesting to see. I think, I think I'm seeing, like, 12 of them. And, uh, yeah, otherwise, um, I guess it's worth mentioning the... Um, the restricted Pokemon that we're seeing here, and uh, while we're at it, we can talk a bit about the other restrictions we saw in the other tournament. Um, you know, we see Groudon, Kyogre, uh, Ice Rider, um, Eveltal. I think there's an Eveltal over, or is there not? Wow, there isn't. The Wow, okay, so Eveltal had uh, two appearances in the uh, Reddit Top 16, but none in the um, in the VR tournament. And uh, it, it was kind of replaced by uh, almost its opposite. Uh, Shadow Rider had uh, two appearances over here uh, in the um, VR tournament. And uh, otherwise, we're seeing these uh, same types of restricted. Solgaleo is, I think, the one that uh, did not make an appearance in the other tournament, but is uh, here. And that's from uh, Aaron Trailer. And um, yeah, otherwise, some more Palkias. Uh, yeah, we're, we're not exactly seeing a standard list of restricteds. Like, there are some that I think are... Uh, still very viable that have not uh, made appearances here. Um, uh, like, you know, for example, Dialga made uh, no appearance in either of these tournaments, but I still, still think it's plenty strong. And, uh, you know, there, there's uh, there's other ones uh, that I know people have been trying. Um, so, yeah, the it, I think that it, it's, it's cool to see that uh, there are eight different restricteds um, being used in the top cuts of these tournaments. Like, I don't know. I want to ask you guys if that sounds higher or lower than what we would see from like an Ultra Series tournament. Um, well, since there's only one restricted, I guess, and it's technically like, um, I don't know how to completely compare it, but like with Ultra Series, um, you had what, like Rayquaza and Kyogre, and then you had Zerndon, 
and then so you mm-hmm. already have like four Pokemon there. But I guess like in terms of like the cores, like if we like the pairs, I guess, and then those versus the singles, like I think it's probably a bit more of of diverse than in Ultra Series because I just remember there's so much either you know Lunala plus like Kyogre, and then you had Rayogre, and then you had Zerndon, and then that was just a lot of what I remember seeing, um, just kind of everywhere. Yeah, I'm looking back and uh, just looking at the uh, top eight of uh, Ultra Series Worlds, we have Lunala Groudon, which is two. Then we see uh, Duskmane Groudon in second, so that's three. Uh, Zern Kyogre, so that brings you up to five. Then uh, Eveltal Groudon, so that brings you up to six. Uh, Eveltal Kyogre, so no new ad- additions there. And you have um, Rayquaza to bring you up to seven. And then uh, then we have, like, that's a Rayogre, and then another Rayogre, and then... Uh, then we have reindeer. So uh, yeah, I think that's a total of seven uh, restricted across top eight. So even with the uh, with double the um, double the restricteds per team, um, I, I still feel like we saw less on average because uh, people really stuck to the top ones there. And like I don't know, I don't know. It's just kind of cool. I think that we still see a, a bit the the viability of restricteds trickle a lot more down in series eight, and that's something I'm a big fan of. Yeah, I just feel like there's just so much, because there's so many different Pokemon to support around it, and then also be, like, attacking and such, because you don't have just these two Pokemon that you're now, you know, putting every other of those four Pokemon resources into supporting these, and then, you know, or taking out whatever you need to for your restricted Pokemon to do well. You have, the restricted Pokemon is, like, interweaved within the team. It's not, okay, yeah, you know, the Zacian team, it's not, Zacian's the only one you're supporting. You also have, like, I don't know, um... Like, with uh, Michael's team, you have, you know, Colossal that you can also Dynamax along with AC. So there's two Pokemon that you can, you know, work around. Or, you know, with Yuki's team in uh, third place, you have Lapras who might want to, you know, Dynamax and do some damage. Or Dragapult as well, along with that Zacian. Yeah, I think the some, one of the, like, biggest differences for from this restricted format compared to the ones of the past is how, like, the restricteds aren't necessarily, like, the focal points anymore. And um, it's really about the entire team this time around. And you can see that because of just the way the game plays right now. We have Dynamax, which kind of balances the power and how much uh, damage can be dealt from the other Pokemon. And just with uh, the updated speed mechanics made a big change with that too. So um, in terms of like how the Restricteds play. So I feel and like uh, your Restricteds aren't necessarily the ones that are Dynamaxing. And in Zacian's case, it can't even do that. So there's just... uh, so many differences that are coming into play that I feel like allow more variety from this specific metagame at the time we're in right now. Now let's uh, let's really quick um, finish covering the top eight teams here before we mention any other teams that uh, pique our interest in uh, the rest of the tournament. Um, so we had uh, fifth place uh, Juan Nunez with Kyogre, Insin, Mimikyu, uh, Dragapult, Amoongus, uh, and Metagross. So another Mimikyu perform, uh, you know performance here this time i guess side shadow sneaking onto a metagross uh then we have daniel spuntarelli uh with a team of zation dragapult urshifu water thunderous theory or thunderous incarnate rillaboom and colossal and uh this is just a a pretty standard colossal build uh we have uh terran birdie with the team of uh zation torkoal gothitelle uh thunderous incarnate venusaur and Landorus, and then uh, lastly we have uh, Juan, whose uh, team I think I already read. So um, I, I, I'm a big fan of uh, Terran's team. Uh, that that Zacian Gothitelle uh, 
build is something that I tried like like right away. I think that Zacian and Gothitelle make a lot of sense together. However, uh, this Gothitelle is definitely not the same type of Gothitelle I was trying. Uh, oh, I'll gosh, go ahead and yeah. mention the set of it now. <laughs> it was uh, Focus Sash with Fake Out, Ally Switch, Hypnosis, and Helping Hand. Uh, it was uh, there to be as annoying as possible. Yeah, it looks like that would uh, support Zacian well. Like, you know, Zacian can just, um, you know, it's like, oh, you're going to hit, you know, the Zacian with, like, a fire type attack? Ally Switch. Oh, I want my Zacian to do more damage. Helping Hand. And you can't switch out of this because of the Shadow Tag. So, yeah, that's really scary. Yeah, really, really cool uh, there. And then if they decide to just uh, protect on the fake out, you've got substitute as an option on the Zacian here. Uh, a lot of different ways that the, you can uh, punish the opponent for being passive, especially with uh, locking their Pokemon in, and then uh, you know just you know taking the time to maybe position uh, Zacian into the right spot uh, at the right time. So um, yeah, I like that team. And then, uh, I don't know if you don't have any other comments, Steven, I do want to mention this uh, 11th place team that I actually got to play in the tournament myself. I, uh, I lost the win and in, so I'll mention that now. I, I went uh, X and 3 with a, uh, with a silly Zygarde attempt, um, and uh, I played against this 11th place team. This, uh, yeah, Giuseppe Alario's team, um, this is actually one I did want to talk about, so if you want, just go ahead and feel free to do so. Yeah, so this is a team of Kyogre, Cinderace, Talonflame, Regielucky, Serena, and Regidrago. Uh, both of these new Regi forms, and um, yeah, I got uh, put to work by this team. I was really doing my best to have a fighting chance, and I felt like I was doing well, but there was just so many threats all at once. The the Regidrago threatening uh, huge damage with its uh, dragon energy, the Regielucky, uh, being annoying to pick off, uh, Kyogre, of course, being um, a ever-present offensive threat, and Cinderace, too. Uh, I think those were the four Pokemon coming to the match that uh, I played, and I think that Cinderace Kyogre have a very fun synergy. Um, aside from the fact that, um, you know, I, I, like, I, like Cinderace doesn't have to use fire moves, and so uh, this one doesn't even opt into doing that, and so... Uh, you can give an airstream boost to your Kyogre. You can max dark to drop the special defense of the opponent so that your water spouts are doing incredible amounts of damage. You can give a steel spike defense boost to your Kyogre. Uh, it is a Pokemon that appreciates pretty much all of these boosts except for maybe a max knuckle. And um, it does it well like Cinderace. Um, I don't know uh, exactly how to put together like why Cinderace maybe doesn't fit that well into the metagame but when you find the right team for it it's still a very good pokemon yeah for sure and i like that serena there too because one of Kyogre's like biggest fears is that rillaboom grassy glide and so serena's just like nope with that curly majesty you know no priority and then it also prevents that fake out where Kyogre's just like i want to click water spout and serena you know prevents any incineroar from faking out like Kyogre and such so this is a really really cool team yeah, it's great mentioning that Serena because you they even on switching in like the grassy terrain could turn off like uh, psychic terrain from Indeedy in that case. So, um, you know, Serena just doesn't care what terrain's up, and uh, almost that grassy terrain even helps Serena for, for doing damage. But um, yeah, great partner for Kyogre. We've seen it uh, somewhat in the past in 2019. Uh, like like one team that I want to mention right now, uh, Stephen, is this Kangaskhan team. Only because I clicked on the link for it, and uh, it turns out the Kangaskhan <laughs> is Fake Out Last Resort. <laughs> oh, that's I great. I cannot believe it. Yeah, shoutouts to the uh, Kangaskhan user here. 
Just fake out last resort silk scarf. That's it. With Scrappy. Um, that's, you don't see that every day. You know, like, um, I, I think that Kang has got a decent spot. Like, Scrappy fake out is pretty cool. Um, it, it is also very funny that we are just never allowed to have Mega Kangaskhan again, um, because of, like, the buffs they gave to Scrappy and Inner Focus and how they are both immune to Intimidate, uh, and so that it would, uh, not be intimidated until it is uh, actually Mega Evolved, kind of like uh, Mega Metagross in 2018 and stuff. Um, but, man, uh, Kangaskhan, you don't see it anymore. However, Scrappy Fake Out is a, a very nice, unique trait that it has going for it. And, wow, I, I honestly wonder how well this thing performed, um, or if it was just carried by the other members of the team. It, it seems hilarious, and getting to click Last Resort every turn... After turn one, uh, sounds strong enough to me. Yeah, plus you're able to hit. Whatever you can't even you intimidate want. it. Yeah, it's yeah. You, know, you can hit anything. You can intimidate it. Yeah, it's just like I'm gonna fake you out, and I'm just gonna do a lot of damage to everything. So that's just so so cool. And maybe I like the Dragonfish too. Like this is a very very offensive team, and I like it because I don't like offensive teams. But um, yeah, that King of Science is just there to do damage. Yeah, like, legit, that's, uh, you know, it's also a normal type, so it's legit enough to kind of deal with Calyrex Shadow, and it's crazy to say that, um, mm -hmm. but, uh, another team I want, just want to mention here is from, uh, Francesco Stefanelli, and this one features a Riolu with, uh, a Calyrex Ice, Volcarona, Clefairy, Thunderous, and Hydreigon, so, uh, one of these other Hydreigon teams, I really just want to point out their Riolu, uh, which I think is super cool. Um, obviously it's Prankster and it's running uh, coaching, rain dance and brick break. You know, brick break is a really uh, smart choice with all of the, uh, Lapras running around and just screens in general. And then you've got, uh, your other damaging options with, uh, mainly Thunders, Hydreigon and, uh, the Calyrex, but, uh, two different, different redirection users with, uh, Clefairy and Volcarona doing, uh, different things. Uh, Clefairy just bulks up the team with friend guard, uh, also has helping hand and then Volcarona. It was running the uh, struggle bug to uh, lower special attack of the opponent. So um, another like just standout Pokemon is this Riolu on this team, and it's super cool to make it work with Kyrex Ice uh, again with more unique takes on this uh, restricted here. I gotta say the Riolu is a bit unexpected to me. Not that uh, I haven't seen it exactly before in this metagame. Like I I've seen it here and there, but not that commonly. Um, however, every time I do see it, and when it's with this Ice Rider, uh, I'm expecting to see Weakness Policy Calyrex with the Bullet Punch on the Riolu, uh, a Copycat Trick Room is something else you expect to see coming out, so when you see that this one is just coaching, Rain Dance, Brick Break, Protect, um, I gotta say, if this was an open team list, I would be very thrown, uh, thrown off by the, the way that this, uh, Riolu was built. Um, coaching does allow it to support the Thunderous on the team, though, and... Uh, Rain Dance, really cool, because I think that this team seems strong enough into both uh, Rain and Sun. Thunderous generally does pretty well into Rain, and then, uh, you know, maybe this team does have a bit of a Sun weakness besides the uh, the Hydreigon, I guess, uh, trying to hold that together. Um, but Rain Dance uh, can really throw off those uh, Charizards, and uh, that sounds very fun to me. I uh, This is one of the teams that I think interests me most in this cut, and I might try to put together myself to get some games in. Yeah, it's a very, very interesting team. I, if, yeah, like you said earlier, like the, the, um, copycat trick room, whenever I see, like, one of these on ladder, I'm like, okay, that's totally what they're gonna go for. And then I just, you know, try and spam fake out to get rid of that, um, 
um, copycat, but like that would not work, and I would just be wasting a move because they wouldn't even try and go for that. Yeah, exactly. One last thing I noticed here is the Kartana and how there's really only one out of all of these, uh, what was it, maybe 44 top teams here. Uh, just one Kartana showing up. And even like in recent weeks, I can't remember mentioning it too often either. And, um, you know, it's kind of just like, it's nice we've seen this uh, metagame develop a little bit here. And we've uh, just, Kartana slowly been fading away. It just got completely left on the side of the road. It's true. It won the first tournament. And uh, ever since then, people said they've got better things to do. Yeah, there's so many fire types that just, you know, hurt Kartana and all the Intimidate as well. There's, um, I think there's two or three. Um, I think just two other instances of the Rain Sun team or variants of it in the uh, top cut here. Uh, I think we see one with the same six and one with the Grim Snarl over the Urshifu. Uh, and that's like really the uh, last thing I wanted to mention uh, about all these teams. Definitely go check them out on VictoryRedVGC.com. Uh, they've got a great, um, they've got a great like a uh, system in place here. They, they they even give you the um, open team list version of the team. So at the very least, you can just slap on the EV spreads that you're most comfortable with for these Pokemon that you've used on your own and uh, get to testing them. Just uh, just see if that concept works for you. So uh, really cool to see here um all these different teams and uh we've got two more tournaments this coming weekend right steven yeah even uh three i want to say so the uh victory road three? Oh yeah my gosh. <laughs> victory road winter series number three qualifier they had uh 126 players there they had open open information the entire tournament for their swiss rounds and top cut and speaking of victory road they will also be having their qualifier number four uh this upcoming weekend march 6th and 7th so um, that will be, uh, that one, same rules apply for the open information throughout the entire tournament. Um, there are also two other tournaments happening this weekend. Um, so one of them is actually the, uh, Nimbasi City Post Open. And this is for their, uh, the, excuse me, the Nimbasi City Post Winter Open. So this is, uh, you know, a site that I believe is run by Sam Temple. And there's going to be a ter- tournament. You know, a lot of people are getting prepped for Players Cup 3, which is coming up real soon now. And uh, this is just another opportunity here for people to play in the Nimbasa City Winter Open here. Um, you know, similar formats, you know, we're playing Series 8 and Best of 3. And I think uh, Open Team Sheets here might just be for the top cut. I'm not seeing anything about uh, during Swiss or anything like that. So um, there's another one there for you to play in if uh, players are interested in it. And lastly, but not leastly, we have uh, the Battle Room Brawl number 3 from uh, Colin Heyer, who also goes by Battle Room. And uh, this one is going to be open team sheets throughout the entire tournament. And um, this is going to be uh, streamed on Colin's Twitch and uh, YouTube. So, uh, well, at least Twitch, I think. I'm not sure if it's going to be on YouTube Live as well. So, uh, three different tournaments there for you. Victory Road, the Nabasa City Winter Open, and the Battle Room Brawl number three. You can uh, find those all on the respective sites or on Colin's uh, Twitter account, which is at Battle Room. So... You know, lots of opportunities for play for everybody. You know, that's exciting. This is so crazy. Yeah, three tournaments in the same weekend. Uh, the grassroots have really been popping off, and uh, I think it's good. I think it's good that the uh, they are keeping the game alive and active during this uh, this time of, uh, you know, otherwise just Players' Cup. And so uh, you've also got options, you know, whether you want to play 
um, you know, in Collins tournament to practice for um, the upcoming Players Cup. All these are pretty good practice. Um, Victory Road has got like a, a mini circuit and uh, Nimbasa City Post uh, has like solid prize structure. So, um, you know, it, whatever your reason is, there's uh, a lot of uh, grassroots available to you. And I think that's really cool. Yeah, it is really nice to be able to work towards something um, rather than just the Players Cup um, here in quarantine. And uh, speaking of quarantine, it seems that we uh, we actually got a pretty big announcement about um, local live events coming back to a specific region, and that is uh, Oceania for Australia and New Zealand. Now, this is important to note that the uh, Pokemon has uh, play Pokemon that is has uh, officially announced that they can some players can return to uh, live events. These are going to be uh, the some of these smaller ones in size, so just your kind of locals. And that championship points are still not part of the going to be awarded or part of the system anymore. It wouldn't even make sense with worlds being canceled uh, for this upcoming summer. So it's nice to see that the trading card game is going to have uh, specifically Pokemon League events and pre-release events uh, coming back to their uh, some sites in Australia, and New Zealand. So that's really cool, uh, Alyssa. I know you have a ton of friends in uh, those areas, and uh, I'm sure that some of them who play the trading card game are excited for this. Yeah, for sure. It'll be nice just to, like, I mean, same as VGC as if we'd, like, be able to get, like, little events just back to go back to normalcy. Um, I've always missed, like, the pre-releases. Uh, they're just, like, sealed. Um, um, like, you you build the deck out of, like, packs that you get, um, and they mm-hmm. just have fun with it with just the new cards. Um, so I've definitely missed those, so I wish I was there, you know, being able to play those again, and then just you know, Pokemon League, just being able to play with your friends and practice and such. Um, for sure, is just, you know, even just a huge step uh, as, you know, it was once all just shut down. This uh, this might sound like a, uh, a joke or like a made-up story, but literally last night, I think I had a dream uh, where I was attending a local. And uh, it was really sad when I woke up to realize that it wasn't real because uh, I, I am a very big fan of uh, attending locals. We're all from the uh, Chicago region and we would all... Uh, go to the same events together. So uh, I definitely miss those. Those are something that uh, was really fun to me. It's like just hanging out with uh, all these people IRL, you know, and just getting to uh, talk about the game between rounds and uh, obviously just run games against each other uh, often. I've played both of you guys uh, often in tournament because of locals and um, it's always fun. So uh, that's just, it's really uh, exciting to see that uh, certain parts of the world that are uh, respecting the disease a little bit more than uh, we are here in America are able to uh, get back to that, uh, even if it's in like the TCG. Uh, the same ideas apply, and uh, I'm really looking forward to that. And you know, for 2025 or whenever we're actually oh, able God. to get events back. <laughs> Wait, I have a very important question about your dream. Were you wearing a mask when you were playing? Do you know? So in my dream, I also remember feeling like, like I was very heavily judging myself because I was like, man, am I really at a live event during like a pandemic? And like, uh, I remember thinking like, but we're being <laughs> responsible. Like, I, I'm pretty sure we were wearing masks and like uh, the tables were like spread apart or something like that. But like, it was still very sus. And like, I, I don't think it was uh, good. And like, I, I even in my dream, I was feeling guilty about doing it. So um, I, I don't think th- it wasn't even like full fantasy land. Like this was still like we we're at a, an event in the real world. Um, man. Uh, it was a weird dream, but uh, but sad. I do miss those live events, and uh, I, I imagine you guys do too. 
Yeah, for sure. I just, it's been a year. I know there was a live event, like, um, right after Collinsville that I didn't intend because I was like, because I had almost maxed out my uh, premiere challenge, um, like CP, so there's no reason to play in them. So I was like, okay, that's fine. I'll go to the next midseason or something. So I was like busy that weekend. But uh, I, I kind of wish I was able to go then. Um, just, you know, one last ride. <laughs> but, you know, none of us <laughs> need really. True. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, like Play Pokemon has also, you know, kind of uh, laid out their COVID-19 requirements for attending these events. And uh, these are pretty much just like you pretty much have to follow the local health and safety protocols from the region you're in. And um, you pretty much got to wear a face mask while attending an event. And they've got all these other things about uh, eating and drinking, um, spacing, and like uh, no more handshakes. That's fine. I'm a germaphobe. I don't. I That's fine with me. That's cool. So the... This is a, I think this is a sign. This is a good sign that, uh, parts of the world are moving forward. And eventually that will kind of, that good energy, that good vibe will spread out to, uh, everyone worldwide eventually. And this is a sign that, you know, we can eventually see our friends again, gather again, come to places again and play Pokemon. Um, but in terms of like, uh, the circuit, like, uh, September would be super nice to kind of get jumped back into a Pokemon season again. Um, See, the big thing is, like, for, in terms of uh, the circuit we've had in place so far, that revolved around, you know, having four internationals throughout the year and people traveling all over the place. And right now, I know most of the world has restricted their travel to other, from uh, other countries. So that's going to be a difficult portion for just people in general. But when you relate it back to Pokemon 2, like, you can't run the structure the way we used to have it with those restrictions in place as well. So there's another roadblock there, but why don't we first kind of just uh, deal with ending the pandemic and then we can talk about some uh, more fun things. Yeah, for yep, sure. Right? The, vac- right. the vaccine's coming along, um, you know, a pretty solid timeline. Hopefully a good amount of people are able to get the vaccine. Um, who needs Whoever needs the vaccine will be able to have gotten it by at least the end of the summer. And then maybe at that point, you know, maybe even think about opening up locals. Like, maybe majors won't happen, but maybe locals will. Even if we do get locals, though, like, what does that mean for a world championships or, like, championship points? Like, do we have any sort of, uh, you know, point system or circuit in place at that time? I don't know. Like, uh, it's a very still strange and fluid situation, of course. Yeah, just be cool uh, if uh, we can get back to... You know, starting, you know, starting to uh, make that transition back once uh, once things are safer and we're, um, you know, all safely vaccinated and whatnot. Yeah, that is a very key point. I am very happy for the players in Australia and New Zealand. Um, even if this is mostly just for uh, the trading card game, you know, the video game will eventually get to return to that. In the meantime, Pokemon's still, you know, supporting all their online um, events and, st- and structuring all that for the uh, coming time. So... Um, it'll be nice to see friends again at some point, but, uh, for now we're stuck with our online tournaments. Players Cup 3 is, uh, like I mentioned earlier, it's coming up in two weeks now. Um, that is, uh, crazy. It is time. The, we've had some nice, uh, metagame development, which has also been fun, uh, to see. So I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm excited for this one. Oh, I absolutely am. And, uh, I'll be putting my all into, uh, trying to. Get to the finals. I've uh, been putting a lot into Series 8, so uh, I'm going to do my best only for the podcast. That's the only reason I'm doing this. I want you guys to know that, Steve. Um, is I'm just trying to bring good content <laughs> to the show. appreciate the effort. It's more than I do. <laughs> no chance. No shot. 
Oh, you really got it. You, it's a. Uh, it is almost impossible to get me to practice uh, any Pokemon these days. So, um, yeah, this is a this is very much a bright spot. Hearing these uh, love events coming back for that region, so happy for them. Now, uh, with that announcement, you know, there's uh, always so much, so much more to talk about, but um, I think we're just about out of time here. So I think we are going to uh, wrap up, and I want to just give a big thank you to Alyssa for being on the show. Appreciate your time, and I appreciate you coming on here last minute as well. Yeah, for sure. Thanks so much. This is, this is always really fun to just uh, talk about with everyone. Yeah, Alyssa, I hope, uh, and, and Alex, I hope we get to see uh, each other soon. It seems like it might be possible this year, but I'm really hoping so. Yeah, really. Of course, of course. And uh, with that, we are going to close up shop here, and I'm going to tell all of you that you can find our show in a variety of different places, like Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Those are some of the highlight ones, but you can find us uh, pretty much everywhere else. And uh, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, for example, to help us with visibility so that others can discover the show. You can tell your friends about the show if they're interested in competitive Pokemon, a show about that. And uh, you can also send your questions, comments, and feedback to our email, vghchyperforce at gmail.com. And you can do those same things uh, on our Facebook and Twitter, which is at the Hypervoice. Lastly, you can follow all three of us personally as well. You can follow me at Super Morioka. Alex, where can people follow you? You can follow me at Lexicon VGC. And Alyssa, where can people follow you? At Temporal VGC. Excellent. Well, thank you, the listeners, so much for listening. We really appreciate it. And stay tuned for more of the Hyper Voice. Alola. Bye bye.